Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Turn with me to Matthew 21, verses 1 through 17. It says this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And and if you read Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, it says, it's re-quoting in Matthew, it's re-quoting that. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle, and riding on a donkey. This is before Jesus was ever born. This was prophesied. See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Now Jesus is entering Jerusalem at this time and it says the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest when Jesus entered Jerusalem the whole city was stirred and asked who is this the crowds answered this is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him, yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. I'm going to talk to you this morning on Palm Sunday, a message that is called, Pick Up Your Palm Branch. Pick Up Your Palm Branch. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy today. We love you today on Palm Sunday as our hearts are turned toward this amazing Easter Sunday that's coming up. Prepare us to experience this season like we never have before. Lord, we're not going to be able to lean on those crowds the way that we have, all of us personally, have in the past for inspiration. We're going to have to lean on the essential truth of who you are, just the raw facts of what this story means to us now when we read it and we see it. Lord, let it be the most special one ever. I pray for every person watching. Pray for people that are sick that are watching, people with family members that are sick that need a miracle. We pray for a cure for this disease that's all over the world in Jesus' name. We pray that, Jesus, you would be the great physician. Lord, that we would hear reports of healings all over the world, of people supernaturally healed by faith. Let faith rise in our community. Uh, We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so Holy Week is uh, an amazing week. Got Palm Sunday today. Got Monday Thursday that we talked about that we're going to do that special service. We're going to do Good Friday. Uh, that service, I, please do not miss that. These are all going to be very different services that 
that deal with a different aspect of Jesus' suffering. It's really important. Good Friday is all about the cross. A little bit of a contemplative, somber kind of time, but it, it does create space and room for us to celebrate uh, on, on Sunday. Our uh, Saturday, Holy Saturday, that's the day Jesus was in the grave, and then we've got Easter Sunday, which is all about the resurrection. Now, to set this up today, uh, of, of what, what actually was happening in that passage that I was reading out of Matthew, I think the way to set it up would be like this. Many, many years ago, we have a phenomenal school here, City of Life Christian Academy, that's been going on since 1991. My parents founded this school. It's wonderful. And over the years, you know, I've just been a part of, you know, my kids go here and, and uh, just been around it my whole life. But I'll never forget this one encounter I had with this kid uh, on the playground. I was just kind of walking around. This is 20 years ago. And I was just walking around, and there was this little adorable, he was so cute, this little kid. It just looked like something from a movie. He had these little glasses on. And I was like, look at this little guy. He's adorable. I go, hey, buddy. And he's just sort of over there by himself. I said, hey, buddy. He goes, you're not the boss of me. And I, I, I kind of looked around. me. I'm like the only one anywhere near him. I go, hey, man. I go, what's your name? He goes, you're not the boss of me. And I go, yeah, man, I'm not trying to be your boss right now. i just trying to, you know, just, hey, what's your name? And it, it just one more time, you're not that. I'm like, okay, you know, as so I finally, you know, I finally leave. It was just kind of, I'm thinking, what is this guy's problem? You know, what, what is, what, do I, like, exert that kind of, you know, like, uh, demanding that people, you know? but then I thought, okay, now hold on. Before I'm too hard on this little kid, don't we all have that problem? Isn't that the struggle of our entire life? We don't want anyone to tell us what to do. It's just innate. It, it, no one taught him to say that. It's something that he wanted me to know before he ever met me. Look, I don't mind meeting you, but don't tell me what to do. Because I am the one that is in control. And I think that's a good setup for what's happening in Matthew 21. Because Jesus has gone through his personal ministry, really ministering outside of Jerusalem a lot, and in the surrounding cities, many times telling people when he heals them, don't tell anyone what just happened. Keeping it on the down low. Not because he was afraid, but he did not want to stir up trouble before its proper time. So... All of that's been taking place for years. and It's been kind of coming to this culmination point where in Jerusalem, Passover is taking place. Passover, y'all, is like lit. It's like the most, it's, it's like the hugest celebration. You guys ever been to a Puerto Rican Christmas party? I'm telling you, these things, they got the coquito. They got all this stuff. These people start dancing. They, I, mean, I love, I mean, all my, some of my best friends in the world are Puerto Rican. You guys, oh, look at, look at all them up there. You guys, some of y'all, I'm not going to tell you which ones. You introduced me to this stuff. I, you, okay, so don't you try to judge me right now. Okay, but these, these parties are lit. I'm telling you, these people love to have a good time and celebrate. If you could take that and times it times 10. Well, I'll tell you, redneck Christmas parties are pretty, pretty lit too. Now, they don't they got no coquito. They just drink whiskey. Okay, that's just a dip. They got Jack Daniels up in that joker. But it's, so everyone's got their own version of, of, of celebrating. Passover is very holy. 
It is very, very holy. But it is also for the people that are not the ones that are traditionally celebrating in the, in the right way. It's another reason, just like Christmas or Easter or whatever. It's just another reason to celebrate. So some people that are not devout and are not literally celebrating the meaning, the way it was intended to be celebrated. Passover is one of the most holy, amazing, beautiful um, celebrations that we have commemorating God's mercy in sparing Israel from that plague. So it's something that in the Jewish life is really important. But the fringe people use it as a big excuse to come into town and to hang out, to party. So, so it's a time that, it's, it's like any other holiday. I mean, people get together and congregate on Easter. Easter's a holy day, but people go to the beach and they party. And, they, and on, on Christmas, uh, people have these wild parties uh, that are not really in the spirit of what Christmas is supposed to be. So Passover is a time where everyone is using this as an opportunity uh, to get together. And the crowds are bigger than ever. Many of them very devout. But some on the fringes just kind of not figuring, not knowing what's going on. It might not be a, a personal uh, devotion as much as just something that we do. And I think, and then not only that, I'm trying to describe the temperature of what's happening here in Israel at this time. Not only that, you've got Rome and Israel that have collided. And Rome is occupying Israel and occupying Jerusalem. And there's this power struggle that is coming to a head with, that's just about to explode. Rome is trying to contain an insurrection from Israel and Jerusalem against their authority and power. It is just like... And I've heard this term theologically used many times, but it's like a powder keg. It really is. It's about to blow up. This is the atmosphere of Jesus coming into the city. And not only that, we're dealing with this passage from Zechariah 9.9 that straight up says, if you come in through the gates riding on a donkey, you're the king. You just, don't, you, you just simply don't do that unless you're the king. And he straight up tells his disciples, go get the donkey. We're going to Jerusalem. I mean, and they know exactly what's happening when he says, like, did, did, he, did, he, just, did he just say, okay, 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 I guess it's time. I guess we're about to go there. So that's exactly, it's Passover. Everyone's going to be there. Everyone's going nuts. This is a huge time of celebration. So this is big. What is happening here is big. Volatility all over the place. And don't forget, Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. So this is the final, I mean, this is, this is the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to the Pharisees and all the religious leaders that hate him. Because this guy was verifiably dead for days. There was a funeral. Everyone knew it happened. And Jesus raised him. So everyone has heard about this. So right after this incredible miracle that cannot be denied, it just sets everything off. Now the, now the Sanhedrin is worried they're about to lose their power because they got this man that has been out healing everyone that's now resurrected the dead. And he's coming into the busiest festival in Jewish culture, Passover, this incredibly holy time that attracts, I mean, million, over a million people have come from the surrounding areas to worship and to honor and to pay homage and to celebrate in this festival at Temple, a holy time. And now Jesus comes in and is about to declare himself king by riding in on a donkey. Wow. 
Talk about, I mean, first of all, they murdered him because of this. They murdered him. They killed him. This is what, this was the final straw. This was it. This is the thing that pushed them over the edge. And if you're wondering why we celebrate this today, Palm Sunday is very important. Because of this atmosphere, because the way Jesus rode in, he was not deflecting any answers. Many times Jesus answered a question with a question. We've talked about that many times. But here Jesus is making a statement. A statement that must be reckoned with. It had to be reckoned with then, and it has to be reckoned with today. On this Palm Sunday, as people are quarantined all over the world, here's the question. Who is the boss of you? Because what Jesus was saying, by riding in on a donkey on Palm Sunday, is he was saying, I am the king. I am the king. Here I am. I am here to stay. No questions. I'm I'm not trying to be slick about it. I'm just declaring it. It says it here. And it says a very large crowd. Well, it says verse 4, Matthew 21. It took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, your king comes to you. Gentle and riding on a donkey. Who comes to you? Your king. So if you're going to enter Jerusalem in this way, this ceremonious way, that's why everyone laid the palm branches down and waved the palm branches. They're like, is he coming in on on a donkey? Well, then he's declaring himself the king. Let's throw a celebration that's fit for a king. That's why they began to participate and shout, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And when he entered into Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred, it says. In verse 10, the whole city was stirred. Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So that's important for us to know today. That Jesus declared himself king by entering Jerusalem on a donkey. Write that down if you're taking notes today. Jesus declared himself king by entering Jerusalem on a donkey. Okay, here's the next thing he did. Let's read, because he, I mean, he's, hey, Lazarus is raised. He is, he just rode in on a donkey. He ain't hiding it no more. He's telling everybody. He knows there's only a couple days left. He knows what's about to happen. And it says here in verse 12, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer. But you are making it a den of robbers. He goes directly to the most holy place in all of Jerusalem, the temple that is being run by religious leaders. And he says, your religion is weak. You're running this the wrong way. You're taking advantage of people. And this is my house. Millions of people came to the temple to make sacrifices. Money changers were outside ripping people off when they would try to exchange their currency for the local currency so they could buy sacrifices. The money changers were ripping them off. And Jesus came to expose it all. He was tired of not saying anything about it. Rome was also involved in overseeing what was going on in the temple. And Jesus was calling everyone out. He made a whip. He made a whip. 
Jesus, humble, lowly Jesus, got so ticked off, he turned into Indiana Jones. Just starts driving people out of the temple. I, I saw a documentary once, and scholars literally were baffled that Jesus was not arrested. I'm talking like people that don't even believe he's a Messiah. I'm talking about secular scholars. They know this is a historical event. They were baffled that he was not arrested. This, this was such a blatant thing to go do what he did. They could not believe it. And what he's doing is he's quoting Isaiah 56, 7. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. That's God speaking. Jesus is quoting God. Why? Because he is God. And he's saying it to everybody. I'm king. I am the Lord. I am Messiah. I am the Savior. Jeremiah 7.11 says, has this... 7.11, I love 7.11. Jeremiah 7.11 says, has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. So he's also quoting Jeremiah 7.11 as the Lord. And he's saying it in his own voice. I am the Lord. My house, it bears my name. In John 2.17, it says his disciples, after he did this, remembered that it is written in Psalm 69 and 9, zeal for your house will consume me. They remembered it about Jesus when they saw Jesus get so hot and on fire and make a whip and run people out because they were misusing his house. They remembered Psalm 69 and 9 that says zeal for your house will consume me. So, number one, Jesus declared himself king by entering Jerusalem on a donkey. Number two, Jesus declared himself king by cleansing the temple. And number three... Jesus declared himself king by healing. Matthew 21, in our text, it says, Then the blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. Can you imagine? You got a whip. A dude comes over. He's like, I'm sick. And you, you holster it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's boss right there. Just kind of holster you like, okay, hold on one second. Remember. Okay, you, you holster it. You come over. What were you saying again? And you, you got sick people that are over here. The blind and the lame that need healing. And he's going, yeah, come on over here. I'll heal you. And, and he, he heals their blindness. They can't walk. And he touches their body and they're healed. He is releasing publicly this power that can only come from God. He is declaring that he is the source of healing. He is the source of salvation. Everything he is doing is fulfilling scripture. This is a fulfillment of Isaiah 35, 4 through 6. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened. Then the lame will leap like deer. Everything I have told you, every point that I have made, there is a scripture in the Old Testament that predicted it. He is fulfilling, woo, he is fulfilling scripture by doing every one of these things on Palm Sunday. That's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating our king. Everything he is doing is fulfilling scripture. He's saying, I'm not a pretender. I'm not a false messiah. I don't just have authority over a province or a region or a people group. My kingship extends over sickness, over disease. And you will find out in a couple of days, personally. You saw it in Lazarus. Over death and the grave. So he was fulfilling scripture. 
Number four, Jesus declared himself king by receiving the praise of the children. Matthew 21, 15 says, When the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, the children shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. They were mad. They were angry. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. You ever heard that phrase, timing is everything? So we see what he said here, but I'm just going to show you the timing that I think he used. It's just my interpretation. This is 1 Jeff 2 and 3. Do you hear what these children are saying? They're praising you, saying Hosanna to the son of David. Here's what's written. Here's the way I think he said it. Yes. He just probably let it just sink in. Then he quotes, once again, scripture. From the lip, he says, have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. Woo. He's quoting Psalm 8, 1 and 2. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have put your glory upon the heavens from the lips of children and infants. You have established praise because of your adversaries that you might silence the enemy and the avenger. Every single thing. I'm preaching good today. Why? Because it's right out of the Bible. And it is just simply showing you that everything Jesus did on Palm Sunday systematically was a fulfillment of scripture. He was publicly saying, I am king. Even though Jesus called himself king, we still say, you are not the boss of me. That's our problem. Is by declaring himself king, he said, it is my way. A king is sovereign. He, do, he dictates. He does things the way that he wants. Now, our king does what he does out of love. And he wants us to avoid as much suffering as possible. But there's only one throne in your heart, and Jesus will not compete for it. If you're there today with your arms folded, frustrated because you don't like a mandate, or you don't like a principle from your king, then you're sitting on the throne of your own heart. You have not allowed Jesus to take lordship in your life. Either Jesus is on the throne of your heart and you serve in his court or you are on the throne of your own heart and you demand that he serve in your court. He won't do that, by the way. See, we're forced to make a choice today. What's the choice? Jesus, you declared yourself king. So either I am king or you are king. See, he showed up on that tiny donkey <laughs> it's just a parody of the expectations that we have for a real king we want a king that comes in power so did Israel they wanted a king that would come in power the Jews wanted someone that would liberate them from Rome that would give them authority it wasn't a chariot with a majestic entourage it's a little donkey a little beast of burden humble lowly they didn't want that kind of kingdom neither do we we want someone to fix everything wow Jesus is going to end depression defeat Rome liberate Israel bring me unprecedented success give me that palm branch Woo! 
on that. Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Wait a minute. He's peaceful. He forgave his enemies. He didn't crush Rome. They crucified him. You're not the boss of me. Wow, Jesus is going to end coronavirus. Make me immune. Give me my job back. Make 2020 10 times better than I thought it was going to be at New Year's. Let me go on my cruise that I was supposed to be scheduled on. Woo, where's my palm branch? Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean he came to defeat sickness forever? Oh, oh, wait. He came to give me wealth that cannot be contained in a bank account. Oh, but I have a bank account. I don't get all the wealth now. I don't get everything I want right now. Oh, forget this. You're not the boss of me. I've always had this kind of melancholy. If I ever have seen the aftermath of a celebration. I once saw this photo of, of Times Square after New Year's Eve was over and everyone was gone. There was confetti everywhere, party hats everywhere, those goofy glasses all over the place, and the streets were empty. Aftermath. Or even after a wedding, when everyone's gone and there's all this rice on the ground. Just nobody's there. It's just, it's, it's the remnants of a celebration. And you know, I would imagine that when that celebration was over, and Jesus was in the grave. There were a lot of palm branches that were left laying on the ground. But I encourage you today. Pick up your palm branch. Pick it back up again. Even if you dropped it. Why? Oh, he came in riding on a donkey. But Revelation 19 says, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that nobody knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven are following him and riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Pick up your palm branch today. Woo! Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I may not have everything I want right now, but blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
All of my issues might not be solved right now, but blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It might be Friday, and they might have just put his body in the tomb. Woo! But blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. My time is coming. Your time is coming. Why? Because Jesus is coming out of that grave. Hallelujah. Somebody give him a shout today. Jesus, you're the boss of me. Don't drop your palm branch. You say, I ain't even got one. You got a palm emoji on your phone. I'd be rocking that. I ain't even looking at Facebook or cityoflife.live. But I'd, I'd either have one of these right here. I'd go get one and wave it around. Or I'd be, I'd be pumping that emoji all over the place today if I was you. Metaphorically, I'd wave my palm branch. It's time to make this Savior your Lord. Is He your Lord today? Crown Jesus as your King today. He rode in on that donkey to let everyone know this is who I am. No avoiding it. Deal with it. Look me in my eyes. Deal with it. That's what, it, that's what he's saying. Look me in my eyes. Deal with it. No more of these games. That's what he's saying today on Palm Sunday. I promise you, if you get this today, we'll celebrate this coming Sunday on Easter Sunday in a way that you can't imagine. If you get this today, you're not always going to agree with everything about your king. There are things that leaders do. You can't demand that your leaders do everything the way you want when it comes to Jesus, he knows things and sees things in his sovereignty that we don't understand. So you better be thankful that we don't always get things our way because typically they would lead us to a lot more suffering and pain. But if we do it his way, if we just trust him, that he's sovereign, let him be our king. I want to give you that opportunity today on Palm Sunday to pick back up your branch again, to pick up that palm branch and to wave it for the name of the Lord. Make him your Lord. Make him your king today. If that's you and you're watching all over, right now, I'd like you to type in those forums. Say, I need Jesus to be my king. I need Jesus to be my king. You could type, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. You could type, I want Jesus to be the boss of me. Or you could lift your hand. I believe there's a, a button in cityoflife.live that says raise hand can click that. Our moderators are there to pray with you. Maybe if you're watching a replay of this, and we don't have moderators, I want to walk you through this moment because I believe this is really important on Palm Sunday. And I also believe it's important for Christians. Pick back up your palm branch again today in your spirit, in your heart. Maybe, maybe you've celebrated at one time, but you haven't continued once the fanfare went down. Maybe you stopped. Pick it back up again today. Make him your king. Make him your Lord over every area of your life. He may not be the king that you wanted, but I promise you he's the king you need. Let's make him our Lord and our Savior today. Come on, tell someone in the forum, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Now, right now, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes with me, and pray this prayer out loud. I ask you, Lord, I ask you, Lord to forgive me of my sins. To forgive me of my sins. I recognize, I recognize 
that you declared yourself king that cannot be disputed. Jesus, you claimed to be the son of God, the person that is responsible for the salvation of mankind. Today, I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I ask you to become my Lord and my Savior, to forgive me of my sins. Change me from the inside out, and I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.